Hello and welcome to the Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Egan. I'm your host for today and I am buzzed to be here. So today we're going to be having a little bit of a conversation about how to keep your soils moist over summer and drained over winter. So this is a little bit of a, a hottie. I was asked um, by a listener how to start looking at getting her soils ready to protect for summer. So in New Zealand at the moment we are very much going into summer although with the weather we've been having you wouldn't actually think we were going into summer because it's been nothing but rain. It's actually been one of the wettest seasons on record it feels like winter hadn't even hasn't even stopped and all we've been getting is rain rain rain. So this time of year we are normally harvesting strawberries but with the rain a lot of them have just been turning into slime so it's a little bit of a mixed baggy this one basically in summer our soils we can you know reach temperatures we sort of average temperatures in especially the Bay of Plenty between sort of 26 and lately sort of 28 degrees depending on how bad the season the heat's been getting which effectively dries out our soils quite badly and as you know sort of being a mum on a bit of a budget and trying to have a sustainable garden that is well producing vegetables and food all year round mulching is something that I take really seriously and obviously having good uh, organic matter going back into the soil is a bonus at the same time. So for a lot of us that don't have access to a lot of leaf litter that can be turned into mulch, we tend to use things like grass clippings um, from our garden, you know, when we mow our lawns, for those of us that have lawns, although with the sections, urbanisation and things like that, the sections are getting a lot smaller so the lawns aren't quite as extensive as they used to be. In my case, I'm really lucky I've actually got a little bit of a lawn, which at the moment is very much a hay paddock because it's been so wet I can't actually get in there to mow it. But what you can do is over winter, especially autumn, if you do have an area where there's a lot of leaf litter, you can collect that and start uh, composting it down but not actively composting it down to the point where it's just going to turn into soil. So have it you know stockpile it you can stockpile it over uh, like twigs leaves uh, sorry branches so um, branch mats and it just helps aerate the leaves leaf material so that you can still use it as mulch going into spring if you're stockpiling it that is otherwise just stick it straight on your on your garden and um, let it do its thing but with mulching it's really important when you plant your plants or have established plants that you keep the mulch away from the stem the trunk um, you know so it doesn't sit against because with mulch what it does is it still basically starts the composting process so it can get very hot it can get very uh, fungi and moldy and yuck uh, and slimy even and the last thing you want to do is have that all sitting tucked up hard against your trunks because it will rot. Now the other thing is with regards to mulching on drips you know around plants with the drip zone 
you want to make sure that it isn't like, you know, for example, grass clippings. If it's fresh, it tends to compact down and then you get the, the real thick sort of layer where if it dries up, it dries like almost a, oh, I want to say a, 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 a cow patty that gets really tough and water can't penetrate it, which is you want to definitely not have that um, because if you, in summer, when you're trying to retain the moisture in your soil, and when it does rain, you do still want it to percolate through. So if you are in a situation where grass clippings, the only thing that you've got that you can potentially use is mulch, then it pays to every now and again get a fork through it and just give it a really good bit of a, a turnover and an aeration. Um, if you leave it too long, it does actually cake up and it's very hard to deal with it and process. So there is no such thing as the perfect mulch. It is very much whatever you can get your hands on. Uh, yes, they sell mulch, you know, at the um, you know, landscaping places where you can buy uh, not quite bark, but it's like a shredded bark. Some of it can be quite green still. So again, like I said and mentioned in previous podcast episode, if you're using green materials, make sure that you add in a little bit of extra nitrogen fertilizers just to stop that nitrogen loading. Um, you know, sort of the nitrogen being sucked up into the mulches um, and then a little bit later on it all getting dumped back into the soil. Just keep it even, Stevens, by just at the beginning adding in that little bit of nitrogen so the soil doesn't, it's not depleted and then basically the whole lot's dumped in. I mean, there's, um, you know, you can use bark as mulch, which is what is, you know, not, is a common practice, um, bark, if you use it correctly, it can definitely uh, amp, you know, accentuate a garden, but it also keeps the soil moisture in your garden. If you use weed mat underneath, your, um, underneath the bark, then you know, that on its own is, is a really great way of keeping moisture into your soils. You just have to remember to ensure you've got regular watering going in because if and depending on what colour the weed mat is, it can actually attract a lot of heat into that soil too. So, it, yes, I, it, having a white mulching mat doesn't always look great and it can look quite glaring, but it does uh, repel heat coming into your soils. And if you're covering it with bark, having you know shiny white bits coming through doesn't always look great either. But... Another thing that's really important is if you do use a weed mat, make sure you check the type of weed mat that you're using. Some of the weed mats are really cheap, nasty cloth that rots out quite quickly and it actually is almost waxy that it repels water and stops water from going into your soils. So again, it is not really what it is that you're trying to achieve in summer by retaining moisture in your soil if it repels it. So for things like um, strawberries, if you are growing crops this time, you know, going into, especially going into summer, then you will be, you know, using strawberries are, are pl basically planted on a bit of a mound and you can use things like pea straw, normal straw, anything like that around the base 
um, of where you've got your strawberries planted. And, I mean, the, the strawberries, you know, that actually grow over the mound um, hanging there. It, it, it does stop them from rotting as well because they've got a bit of the, the aeration around it with the, the mulch, which is the straw, the pea straw. It doesn't really matter what you use. Um, you can also use shredded paper. So if you've got a lot of newspaper, um, not the shiny stuff, not the glossy shiny stuff, but the traditional newspaper is best. If you use that, you can use a shredder, shred it all up, and that makes a really, really good mulch as well. And it composts down to pretty much nothing. So it's a real advantage in your garden when you're reusing, um, wanting to recycle and be sustainable too. So that's a really good whoops, a really good mulch um, idea to use if you're recycling, if you get really stuck and you can't access leaf materials and things like that, then obviously be careful with staples and that in the type of newspaper that you use. So that's a nice little cost saver right there. I often use newspaper, um, again, not the glossy stuff, but I have got a, a shredder that I do use and I shred the paper and use that for my strawberries. But I grow my strawberries in rather large planters, so it's a little bit easier to do in that way rather than trying to grow them in the garden because I was finding the slugs were getting into my strawberries even before they would start ripening and it would just be a waste of effort and a waste of time. So by planting them into these uh, raised gardens almost and mounding them so I had really good drainage and I was able to retain the soil moisture in it, um, the newspaper shreddings worked really well and obviously by it decomposing into the soil I was re-adding nutrients not a lot but it's it's all helps it all makes a difference coming back into your soils so again there's lots of different ways of utilizing the the mulches around your vegetable gardens you can use them in around planters for your pots you know that sort of thing now if you are trying to work around really boggy wet areas, then it can help to add a little bit of sand into the areas that you're planting in. Not a lot, or just even in New Zealand, we've got a, a, a type of um, stone called a pumice, which is uh, basically a, a volcanic uh, rock that got spewed out and was particularly prevalent through Taupo area, and it's uh, quite a, a light fluffy almost a hardened foam and it, it looks like if you you know sort of I suppose almost compare it to a sponge it's kind of got that same look but it's just solid and that in small bits chucked through the soils quite good too it helps with the drainage often seedling mixes in New Zealand you'll find that the pumice has been ground down quite small and has been used um, rather than sand and it's quite effective so just have a look. If you're worried about drainage and your soil is getting really boggy and you're still wanting to plant root crops and things like that because often you're, um, you know, if you're planting potatoes and carrots and things like that and you can't plant into really damp, wet, horrible, boggy areas, then raising it, there's no harm in that. Just watch what you're putting in your soil. Add in a bit of, you know, add in the sand, the pumice, that sort of uh, rough media that works in really well. You can do that in the planter bags as well if you're planting um, potatoes in bags, for example. And again, you just mulch up the top 
with leaf material, um, you know, processing your grass clippings, like I mentioned. If you're storing your mulches, then make sure that they don't bog down into becoming a compost. And you'll be surprised how fast that actually happens, where it starts decaying. Um, there's not often a lot of nutrients in uh, leaves that have dropped in autumn because the plants have actually sucked the nutrients back out before it releases, you know, or pops those leaves off the tree. So it's very much that structural part of the leaf, which is, again, all you really need for that mulch to do its job. If you need nutrients going back into your soil, that's when the compost come into play and you're adding that extra nutrient loading back into your soil, which is especially if you are, you've got high levels of clay in your soil, then organic matter such as adding mulches and that will decay over time and add more body to your soil is, you know, again, a win-win. So mulching Maintaining soil moisture, especially in summer or high dry areas, reduce the you know you can reduce the heat going into your soil by making you know by having a lighter mulch like your straws, your um, your hay, that sort of mulch, and it also, it also has um, a lot more aeration capability in it because it's chunky, and you're you're not attracting that heat because of the darker colours whereas in for those using weed mats just double check the type of weed mat that you've got because like I said some of the um, the cloth can be quite cheap and nasty and it rots out really quickly so you're still getting that weed growth growing through and there but there are some other weed mats that are actually very tightly woven with their plastic um the material that they use and how they weave it together which stops the water from going through as well so it really pays if you're going to spend money on weed mat it really does genuinely pay to spend a bit of money on it not get the cheap stuff because ultimately it'll last a lot longer you will retain the soil health underneath it it won't stagnate it'll be able to breathe and you'll be able to get a really good amount of water in it so with your um, mulches um, some some that are people that I know they really like using stones river stones as a mulch around there in their gardens and that's great if you are going for that, that sort of look. But again, river stones, it's surprising how hot they get and how hot the, it makes the soils. And it does also compact the soil down with the weight of the, the rock, if and depending on how much you use, obviously. And that, again, can damage your soils. And if it's a particularly wet soil, then it can, can get a little bit smelly and it can bring in some undesirables and um, with the, the slaters and the earwigs and things like that, uh, centipedes and, and whatever. So just be very mindful of what it is that you're looking at doing. Also, if you're using limestone chip, which is a popular in New Zealand, they do leach exactly what it is. Um, there's the name my imply, lime into your soil, which is uh, quite alkaline uh, and it will... So if you're planting azaleas and things and camellias like that, that actually prefer a nice uh, sort of acid-based soil and you are using lime chip in your garden, then you are effectively killing them with kindness and you're 
you know, sort of turning the soils less acidic, which is not favourable to their growing conditions. And you'll see you'll see the growth decline as the um, the lime chip releases the lime into the soil. So, I mean, if you're doing it for neutral plants, then not you know that's not a bad choice. And the fact that it's white in colour, it will you know reflect that 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 um, UV and the heat and it won't heat the soil up so much as what you would be doing if you were planting with the, some of the barks and black uh, weed map. So there are also some artificial uh, ways of not necessarily mulching but maintaining soil moisture which are uh, like a, a water crystal that you can mix in with your soils. Now you, they basically, when you first use them, you put them in water, they suck up all the water and they turn into these big beautiful sort of gel-like crystals that you can mix in through your potting mix, when you, especially with pots, which is really great if you've got a regular water watering routine for your pots and, and then they will consistently maintain their soil moisture but it also acts in reverse so if you have a dry period and the crystals start drying out they will naturally try and absorb the moisture out of the soil to retain the the crystal gel form so you have reverse osmosis instead of the 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 positive you're watering your plants and you're you know soaking it so it can potentially have a detrimental impact on your potted potting mix and your pots. So be very aware of that type of product. If you go away for a while, then you know there's nothing wrong with um, using it. Just make sure that you're not having it in your prized orchid base or your prized, um, you know, any prized specimen planting really because at the end of the day, if you don't maintain the crystals, then over time that can have a negative impact on your soil. Some people might disagree with that but from experience I found that has actually caused more harm sometimes than good. But again it all comes down to how you look after your potted plants. You can mulch your potted plants like I mentioned before, you can use shredded newspaper, you can use um, any form of mulch. I don't like using um, grass clippings in potted plants because it just it just gets too hot and it's it you know it sort of does cake down and it it kind of gets a bit smelly too so it's um it pays to know the type of mulch you want to use if it's if you think it's going to get a bit smelly keep it away obviously from door doorways for the house you know and and, and if the wind is um coming back at you then the last thing you want to do is spend christmas in, in a bit of a heat wave with you know where every bit of breeze is very welcome and all you can smell is your mulch decomposing which is not a, a good look so there are again the different types of stages of mulch so the mature mulch is very much the barks that has already been um, had time to sit before you adding it to your to around your plants um, it the barks, if they are aged, they do tend to attract a bit of the insect activity like your slaters, earwigs, cockroaches, that sort of thing. They just sort of tend to sit in the, in the sort of warm, moisty bits. And, you know, that can be a little bit icky. So, again, 
depends on what your preference is. Back gardens are really great for roadside gardens because nobody really cares <laughs> about the insect activity on along the roadside, but uh, it's not mm, might not quite be the right type of mulch for a round you know sort of nana's front door um or you know that that could potentially be something like your lime chip if it's your alkaline plants loving then that could look really good but it tends to have less less insect activity in that mulch um than some of the the barks so just write you know sometimes it pays to just write a list of what it is that you want the mulch to do you know to whether it's for the um retention of soil moisture or uh, you know, it's a, a bit of drainage, like with the stones and things like that, that doesn't hold the moisture either. A lot of the grass clippings and leaf material, barks and things can retain, they can, it can retain a bit of the moisture, whereas in stones and things, obviously, that doesn't. It's um, a solid object and it, it will, whatever drains away, but it will also dry your soils out if, you, if you're not, um, your depth is too thin um, and vice versa. So it really does depend on your situation and what it is that you want to achieve from using that mulch. So again, it, it really comes down to personal preference. But with your um, the different type of mulches, just go with what feels right and at the end of the day if you've got any questions I'm happy I will happily answer them and just you know so if this is helpful like subscribe review and let me know if you if you have any questions and I will catch you all later some other time and have an amazing week bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one -on -one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business. Let's work together in my one-on-one -on -one private business development coaching container, having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.